I'm going to attempt to do something that is actually very difficult to do. I want to talk about the actual ugly truth of socialism. Socialism, like communism or any kind of uh, ism of that order, isn't what the advocates for those philosophies actually say. You see, here's the truth. Anyone who claims to be a socialist hates wealth. They hate rich people. They do. Just, just talk with any socialist and they will rant and rave all day long about the big corporate buyouts, the big corporate influence, the big corporate money. And I, I, have, I, I have the same problem with these people as anyone. The problem I, I have is that the socialist sees the so-called inequality that's out there, but their solution for the inequality is worse than the inequality in the first place. And nobody will ever say that. For example, you could hear somebody like Bernie Sanders talk all day long about how the current person in the White House is corrupt and tells lies and is in the pockets of big money and go on and on about that. The problem is, is the, the socialist's solution for that inequality is worse than the inequality in the first place. You know, you can go to any Wikipedia or any kind of dictionary and you can read what the definition of socialism is and it will say something like a political and economic theory of social organization which advocates that the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. Okay, what's the community? Is a nation a community? Here's the real ugly truth with socialism. They will never talk about the voice of the people in any way, shape, or form. They completely exclude themselves from what would we, what would we call a democratic representative model. They don't want you to have voice. They don't want you to have freedom. They think they know what is best for all of us. And in order to get that so-called best, they will drum up all kinds of inequalities and showcase how great they are. And they're going to get, allow you to vote all kinds of largesse from the public treasury. They're going to sell the public treasury in order to get power. That's basically what Bernie Sanders is trying to do. He's a lying sack of dung. All he can do is point the finger at bad and say, well, put me in power, I will solve all this bad. Well, I'm sorry, but I've got as much vision as he does. In fact, I know people that have more vision than you would ever find in the palm of his hand. He doesn't trust that vision. He doesn't trust open dialogue. He doesn't trust a real diverse and vigorous discourse. He doesn't trust the decentralization of control. He wants to centralize control. That's the real ugly truth of socialists, is they want to put as much power as you possibly can into a central body, and thereby that central body is going to solve all these problems. That's the real truth 
of the socialist. That's really the real truth of Bernie Sanders. Listen to him talk. He's an angry, bitter old man that never got his wealth or never got his fair share. He, from what I understand, and this is pretty much I've heard this from countless resources, is that he never had a job until he was 40. He's never built anything. In fact, from what I understand, he has not passed any legislation that he sponsored during his entire term in office. What kind of a leader is that? All he is is angry and bitter. And he wants to centralize control. Listen to him talk. Listen to any socialist talk. They will constantly push for total control of all wealth and all power and all means of production into a centralized committee body. Sound familiar? Sounds like globalism to me. Sounds like the UN. Sounds like I'm now you have to understand something about me being the genuine optimist. I love people to have things in common. I love for them to have a vision in common. I love for them to have even wealth in common. In fact, it's the spirit of that commonality that allows soldiers on the battlefield to unite together to win the war. I'm, I'm totally in favor of that. I mean, that's what genuine optimism is all about. It's about what we do together as a people, not this attitude we have within. And I, I can understand the socialist issue with the selfish, self-aggrandizing um, capitalist. I'm, I'm not a fan of capitalism either. <laughs> That's for another discussion someday. My point is the socialist wants to put too much power into a central body. That is not the solution. What if, what if somebody came up, and this was just my... <laughs> my playing around here for a second. I'd love to just sit around with a, a major socialist. And I've tried to do this several times. I ran for political office and I ran into socialists here and there. There's not very many of them. They're very, very rare. But when you run across them, they do not listen to you. They just will not. Because they're going to assume that, oh, you're, you're uh, an evil conservative or something like that. I've literally tried to talk to socialists and tell them that the only way you can have anything in common is, is when you reduce the population for that commonality. And it has to be in a community. It has to be in a small group. It has to be in an area where you can preserve the voice, vote, and value of every single human being. In other words, if you were to unite a socialist with a, a libertarian, the libertarian would force that power back into the hands of people as locally as you possibly can. And that way you can preserve diversity. You can preserve voice and you never centralize the control of any wealth, any value at all into one person. You keep that open for an open dialogue, an open discourse, like the Knights of the Round Table. Well, the socialists would fight that, yet that's... That's the direction we should go. I'd love to see a socialist get up there and talk about, I'm a community uh, socialist. I'm not a national socialist. I mean, Bernie Sanders and other socialists would get up there and talk about how they are democratic socialists. What the hell does that mean? I mean, really, honestly, what does it mean? Can they even define the democratic process whereby, you know, so-called righteous decisions are made? They never explain the workings. And this is how you really talk to socialists and how you talk to capitalists as well. You ask them to explain how does it work? How does it work to benefit all? 
Now, you'll hear a capitalist talk about, you know, it's kind of a trickle-down effect. And anybody with capital, if you eliminate a lot of regulation, they're going to go in and invest and hire new people and create new jobs. And they'll come up some, some sort of argument like that. But the socialist will never explain how it works. All they will say is that we've got to put it in the hands of a centralized body. They will never say centralized body. They will say the people, but inadvertently and subconsciously, they really mean their hands. As long as you can put all this wealth and power and all the voice into their hands, they're going to do good for you. Sounds like the devil to me. That's basically what Satan is really talking about. Put all this power into my hands. Just give it all to me and I will make sure that all this good is going to happen. That is a seduction into authoritarianism. It's, it's bad news. So if you're ever talking to a socialist out there, just ask them, how does it work? No, don't ask them the benefits of it because they'll, they'll just draw back into, oh, socialism solves for the poor and helps with education. No, don't let them go that route. Ask them, how does it function? Can you explain to me the process whereby socialism makes good things happen? And you don't even have to ask them if there are any examples in the world. They'll come up with maybe Denmark or Sweden or some, you know, northern European country or something that's super, super small. But they will never explain how it actually functions. How do people come together? How do they make a decision? How are ideas promoted into, into the social body? And how does that social body um, uh, create a dialogue whereby they can flush out the ideas? They will never explain that because they haven't a clue. And the clue is the real secret of all that awaits us in the future is knowing how to decentralize so much power so that we can create so much more voice in the people. And it's voice that is missing. And you're never going to hear a liberal or a socialist or a communist ever talk about increasing more voice for people into the social discourse. And the reason why you'll never hear that is because they don't understand the power of it. A real classical liberal. You can go back to John Locke. You can go back to Thomas Jefferson. Even go back to John Stuart Mill. It's just some incredible, genuine classical liberals. They were always about voice. They were always about, let's make sure every idea is put on the table. Let's not exclude people. Of course, that's turned into political correctness. And now it's all uh, sexual identity and uh, transgenderism and uh, whatever. It's, it's now... All of these things are supposed to be the diverse perspectives that are supposed to be so wonderful, yet they have no insight on, on democracy. They have no insight on economics. They really don't understand entrepreneurism. If you, if you think that, that all of these different aberrant, different sexual or political identity issues or orientations are the, I guess you could say, the, the best of the best, Meaning all these great ideas in science and physics and education are supposed to be coming from these quadrants of society. We're wrong. And, and I'm, I'm kind of deviating here from the whole point is, is it's just as bad to assume that all great ideas can come from these so-called um, divergent identity issues or divergent political spectrums as it is to assume that if we centralize all this power in just a few people – 
we can solve all these problems. It's all bad. The modern liberal is nuts. I have not seen a real classical liberal, and I, I call myself a classical liberal. I'd love to just stand toe-to-toe with a Bernie Sanders and, and force him to explain how does it work. In the same way I would ask a modern physicist to explain to me a model of light, a geometric model of light, and how it actually functions in the universe. How does it actually move from point A to point B? That's what socialists and communists will never do. But that's what the founding fathers did. They actually drafted up the workings. It's called the Constitution. We do this, we do that, and when this happens, we do that. That's a system. That's the explanation for the workings. Well, Bernie Sanders doesn't have any workings because he's never trusted freedom. He's never trusted that unabridged liberalism that just wants to make sure that we hear the voices among the people and from among the people we surface the cream of the crop with regard to vision. We don't even have that in America today. We call ourselves a representative republic, but we are, even, we are not even that because we've lost so much voice. If you haven't heard by now, and if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you will realize that I'm a big, big advocate for voice. It's not so much vote. You know, <laughs> vote isn't the issue. It's who can influence the voice. Who has the more powerful megaphone in society? That person has the ability to influence people's vote. Well, I don't think we should centralize voice. I think we should decentralize it. In fact, I think we should take voice and put it in direct symmetry with a vote. Anytime you make a vote, you, you do it in a room with a bunch of other people, and you get to question everyone else with regard to their, their ideas on what they're going to vote for, and they get to question you. And that way you have this vibrant discourse, this incredible dialogue. And then decisions are made as a consensual body. But you get to hold the body up if they're all going nuts, and they get to actually hold you back if you're going nuts. It's powerful. It may slow things down, yet it's probably a little bit lethargic. But let me tell you, you'll produce a more informed citizen body from that model. Well, Bernie Sanders and all the socialists out there, they don't want that. They want to centralize all the voice in the name of your good. That's socialism. It's statism. It's not populism. It's statism. We're going to put all the power into the state, into single persons, and we're going to appoint these single people with great power to solve all this so-called good, not realizing the behind-the-scenes machinations that go on for other people to get control of that single individual. (laughs) You cannot argue socialism with me. I will turn it into community capitalism every single time. I'm a community capitalist in the company of, of, of liberals who are basically socialists. And in the company of conservatives, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a community socialist. I, the only real solution for society is to retain as much possible power at the community level. That's the optimum best. That's genuine optimism. When you can increase voice for more people to have voice, you can make sure that vote is in tandem with that voice. And when you do that, you preserve all the value at the local level, a lot of the wealth, a lot of the capital, a lot of the infrastructure to solve problems at the local level. Then you have a petri dish across the country with thousands and thousands of communities doing their own thing and creating innovative ways to solve problems. 
but a one-size-fits-all for the entire country of 300-plus million people, one idea thinking it can solve for education, poverty, health care, from one central point. Oh, come on. That's nuts. That's nuts. But that's the socialist's dream. Bar none, that's the ugly truth of socialism, is they think that there's only one vision for all of us. And that's wrong. It's dead wrong. Anyway, thanks for letting me rant. I really had to come inside my little podcast studio and really get that off my chest. Think about it. Socialism is not community. It's not brother to brother. It's not sister to sister. It's not what they tout it to be. And the only way you're going to find out is to ask them to give you the actual workings. How does it actually happen? Force them to explain how that engine works. You go to a mechanic and you ask him, how does the engine work? He can explain it to you. Here's the piston, here's the rod, here's the firing, and here's the the O-rings and all that. And when the explosion happens here, the next explosion happens and it moves this whole thing. They can explain that. A socialist can't, nor can a communist. Focus on that and you're going to win the game. Thanks for listening. This is Keith Kelsch, the Genuine Optimist. And remember, it's not your attitude. It's how we work together as a people. You can find the Genuine Optimist at GenuineOptimist.com. Please subscribe and get notified.